so much for tuning in to the fourth podcast of all for love today i don't have any interviews i don't have any special guests it's just myself today speaking on a topic that came to my heart and i think that it's something that others like myself could probably glean from and um, take away from it so the title of this podcast is a seat at the table. And I want to talk about how God has a place for us even when we don't necessarily feel like we belong or by nature is an introvert, then this is something that maybe you can relate to. And um, so this morning I had woken up and I felt very, very um, doubtful in regards to starting this podcast public speaking or speaking in general is not a natural gift it's not a natural gift for me and it's even so much so that when I was in high school I used to pretend sick and go home for the day if I knew that I had to rehearse or to read out loud that day in front of the class and even when attending the Fashion Institute of Technology FIT I almost quit college because of a girl who looked at me a certain way when I did a a presentation in front of the class and I went home I was on the train ride on the way home commuting from New York City to New Jersey crying the entire time just thinking like oh what a failure I was Um, just by the way that one person looked at me it was enough to make me question my ability for all of my other classes at school and I had attended that that college as a passion of mine On the commute home from New York City to New Jersey, I cried the entire way asking God, like, is this even for me? Am I supposed to be at this school? Am I supposed to be pursuing this dream? I even looked online um, through the the college's website to see what I had to do to quit, honestly. And thankfully, I held on because I ended up getting an A- in that project. And if I had given up, right when those feelings had stirred up in me, then I wouldn't have completed anything. I would have left early. I would have given up. I wouldn't have graduated college. 
just because of that one instance. And I see that that's something that, um, that is reoccurring in a lot of other areas of my life. And the reason why I bring up this subject is because there are times when you um, put yourself out there and you feel like you have something from God that you want to pursue but you not necessarily feel like you're qualified or that you are able to. And, um, you know, we just have to remind ourselves that God sometimes calls the unqualified and through his grace, we are able to, um, move forward. And oftentimes I think of Moses and how he had a speech problem. And, um, I, I believe it was a stuttering problem. God's response was, who had made man's mouth? Have not I the Lord? God was saying, I made you to be perfect as I am. So how can you be telling me that you don't know how to speak? This also comes to mind. The reason why I'm titling this a seat at the table is because I have this picture framed on my wall of um, a long wooden table that is fully decorated with flowers and table settings and it's gorgeous and this was a table that I sat in and the reason why I have it framed in my bedroom is because it reminds me that I had a place at that table and this was um, a few years ago when I went to Provence, France for a photography workshop. It was a fine art photography workshop that was hosted by a very prestigious photographer, well-known, very um, photographs, very high-end weddings. And, you know, it's just someone to look up to. And I, I honestly attended this workshop not feeling like I belonged, which I feel like I, I feel this type of way in a lot of other circumstances too but the reason why i felt like i didn't belong was because all of these other photographers in the industry have um so much talent and you know have had more magazine um spreads than i had and had more features on uh, wedding websites than me and um what made me feel a little more um, reassured that I was meant to be there was when I found a seat at that table and there were name settings um, that were written in this beautiful calligraphy and there was one that had my name Sandra on it and I sat there and not only did I sit there I sat right next to they my seat was right next to Greg Fink who is that photographer that I that hosted the the workshop so not only did I have a seat at the table I sat right next to the main person um, hosting it and um, you know I was able to have uh, conversations with him and his partner um, who is um, a beautiful wedding designer she creates dresses which is also a dream that I've always had and um, that evening I got to meet them and just speak to others um, around me but still didn't feel like I belonged and um, though I knew my name was there you know and I think that this is something that I can relate to God in a sense where um, sometimes we don't feel like we belong but we were meant to be there there was a time in my younger 20s that I would have one foot in with God and one foot in the world. I would go, 
I would go out dancing, go out and enjoy myself at um, with friends at a lounge or a dance club, and I would be um, pretty intoxicated with the cocktails. I always had uh, like a girly drink just to look cute and cool, um, but I would always excuse myself and go to the bathroom and hide myself in the bathroom stall and I would pray to God because I felt like I didn't belong there. I didn't belong at this club. I didn't belong doing, um, you know, just over drinking or having that party lifestyle. And then I would also have my other foot in the door where I would be going to church on Sundays. So I would be out Saturday night drinking and then I would wake up in the morning and, you know, freshen up and go to church the next, the very next morning. But then when I was at church, I would feel like I didn't, I wasn't accepted. It was just my own condemnation or just feeling like I was the bad girl at church um, because, you know, I was out the night before and, you know, I, I didn't measure up to those who um, just had a more perfect looking lifestyle than me. And um, from there, you know, those feelings are things that still sometimes um, come to me today where I'm like, oh, I'm the bad Christian girl because, you know, I, um, I'm i not always there. I'm not always serving or doing things um, that others are doing. And it comes down to where I did serve at one time and I was serving in a children's ministry and someone who was pretty close to me told me, Sandra, if I could reach you from a zero to a 10 of how well you're doing in children's ministry, I would give you a two. And she said it in a joking manner, but because she said that to me and I took it very sensitively, I just stopped going. And, um, and I just bring that back to this morning with this podcast is that, you know, I did have a, a funny remark made about my, my first podcast and it was enough for me to feel like, oh, I probably shouldn't be doing this. And, you know, a lot of times you take things um, inwardly and give up when it's too soon. And I had uh, my good friend Sylvia, who has been reading Pursuit and Proverbs with me, reading a, um, Proverbs a day with me, reminds me about how in the last week's podcast, where we had the conversation where Um, we can stop doing what we feel God has uh, placed us to do, but we don't know what he has for us if we don't continue. Um, So here I am continuing today, um, just speaking to all of you about what's on my heart with this and just um, going over some examples of how God has a place for us and um, using a table setting as an example And um, I'd like to go over where in 2 Samuel 9, there's a story about King David. And he is ruler of Israel. The first king of Israel was Saul. And David was then appointed to be king, but didn't become king right away. Um, And while Saul was still on the throne, his son Jonathan and David became really great friends. And um, after Saul's death, David became king and Jonathan had passed away as well. But in order um, to fulfill his promise that he made, 
he wanted to honor the son of Jonathan, who became crippled at a young age because he was dropped. And so in order to honor the former king and his his best friend, Jonathan, David invited Mephishobeth. I'm sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly, but that was the son, the lame son of Jonathan to his dinner table and took care of him in that sense. I'll read this verse from 2 Samuel 4.4. Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son who was lame in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel, and his nurse took him up and fled. And it happened as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame. The reason I bring up this story is because he could have technically killed that son because that was a relative of the former king. But instead, he chose to show grace and mercy and honor a promise that he had and invited this person into the dinner table, into having dinner with him. And um, the reason why I mention this is because sometimes we don't only have to be crippled uh, physically, but sometimes just mentally through things that happen in life, we can feel crippled and sometimes feel like we don't belong somewhere. But then God in his grace and his mercy invites us and has a special place for us at that table that we, we are to feast with him. And um, there is a Bible verse in that I can... Um, that really means something in revelation 3 20 god says see i stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come into him and eat with him and he with me and right there that's an invitation that's an invitation to eat with him and I also do feel like eating is a love language. So that's something that I look forward to one day when God prepares a seat for us at the table in heaven. There's also a Bible verse in Matthew 22, 2-14, where it says, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat fatted calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the feast. So again, right there is just an invitation. He wants to invite us into um, feast with him. Um, and then there is Song of Solomon 2.4. He had brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me was love. So this also brings to mind um, the Chosen series in episode two. If you haven't watched it, I definitely recommend it. It's beautifully made and it just gives you um, just a glimpse of a different narrative in episode two where they are honoring the Feast of Shabbat. And you see how different people gather together with their families or in their high places of ranking with the Pharisees. But then you also see where the scene goes into Mary, I believe Mary Magdalene's um, home and how the people who were invited to her 
place of feasting for the Shabbat were, were pretty much outcasts um, or people who didn't have another place to go. And it shows Matthew, the tax collector, attending. And then there's a knock at the door and the person, I'm going to try to say this without crying, but the person at the door is Jesus. And, um, and it's just, you know, sometimes we like to close that off and either feel like we don't belong somewhere and just close ourselves off and maybe stay home or um, just not even attend um, a function or a gathering because we feel like we're out of place or we don't feel good enough to be there. But just think of um, Jesus knocking on the door for you, like, come, enter in, or can I come in? And just knowing that if God has a place for you, you're going to be there no matter what. And something that my mom always tells me is, um, what is meant for you, no one can take away. Um, so if God has a place for you, no one, no one can take that away from you. And, um, I also wanted to just speak also about the Samaritan woman. And that's the very, I believe that's the very last episode of the chosen series where, um, at that time, the Samaritan woman she was an outcast. She was going to um, get water from the well at the very hottest time of day because she wasn't um, accepted by the other women in her group because of having um, a lifestyle that wasn't acceptable to them. And also being that she's a Samaritan, you know, Jews were not supposed to speak to them or Jesus as a man was not supposed to speak to her to to her, but, um, he purposely, purposely made it as if it's an appointment that he made it, made it to the well to be there at the right time to speak with her personally. And he told her things that no one else could say of her. He knew her whole entire life. And that was enough to convince her that he was Lord. And she was basically like an evangelist because as soon as she realized he is the Messiah, she ran and told her people without shame of that she just met the person, the man, the God who knew of all of her sins. And he didn't condemn her. He didn't condemn her. He just knew. And he told her that he knew of what she had been through but he gave her an invitation to have living water. And um, so this is just to speak of like, of an invitation, really, an invitation to seek like what God has for you to enter into his salvation and to live out a full life in him. Um, And sometimes living a full life is being dead to to sin, is um, living a full life is dying to the sins, dying to old patterns, dying to um, just things that hold you back from from what God wants from you. Some verses I wanted to share in this and relating to this is how his grace is sufficient for us. In Romans 3.23, it says, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. So none of us can say that we have a perfect life. And um, that's not exactly what Jesus is looking for because as you can read in the Bible, he was friend of sinners, but he also showed them the right way to go. 
Um, so he didn't partake in the sin with them, but he invited them to walk and follow him into a better lifestyle and into the path that leads to the kingdom of heaven. Another example of feasting is from one of my favorites in the Bible, and that's um, the book of Esther. So with the book of Esther, um, what I can relate to that in a sense is how when I was younger, I had um, signed up to be in a beauty pageant. Um, I can tell you right now, I am not the the most beautiful girl. I am not the smartest, most eloquent, and I do not have all of the talents um, that other girls in these pageants possessed. But I, for some reason, wanted to try it. And as I was, I was trying it, it was something where I already knew I was out of place. I didn't really belong. And again, that feeling of not belonging. And I was told, um, Sandra, don't think you're going to win at the first try. You know, this is just take, just do it for fun. Like, don't think you're going to win this because you're probably not. And um, so because I was told that, I was just like, okay, I'm in this. I want to prove that person wrong. And so because I was told this, I, you know, I just prayed a lot. And I was like, God, I'm here. And for some reason, I decided to do this. And I don't feel qualified to do this. And I... I prayed a lot and that's one of the first instances of my life um, being so young and just um, praying. So one of my answered prayers was winning this um, this pageant and it's all due to prayer, honestly. And then I think of, the reason why I think of the book of Esther was because out of many other women who could have been chosen to be married to the king, Esther was chosen. One of the regulations were that they required the women to receive beauty treatments of oil, of myrrh for six months, and then another six months with perfume and cosmetics. And when, and so I'll read it from Esther 1 13. When the young woman would go to the king, she was given whatever she requested to take with her from the harem to the palace. She would go in the evening, and in the morning she would return to the second harem under the supervision of the king's eunuch, keeping of concubines. She never went to the king again unless he desired her and summoned her by name. And then going forward into um, the 15th verse, when her turn came to go to the king, she did not ask for anything except what Haggai, the king's eunuch, keeper of the women, suggested. Esther gained favor in the eyes of everyone who saw her. And in my situation, I felt like I didn't bring much to that pageant, but I um, brought prayer, honestly. That was what I I prayed the most in my life, was like, God, I'm here, and I just want to win this thing, to just prove to my own father that I can win this, to my family, to the person who told me that I couldn't win. And I know it's like a silly thing to have prayed um, at that time, but it meant so much to me. 
because I ended up winning and I also won other, other trophies, which would have looked like I rigged the thing because I won um, other parts of the competition that I didn't even think that I would have ever because it's not in my character to, to have won. And I knew that there were other girls who probably were much better than me. But I think... Um, and I don't think it was my speech that did it. I don't think it was anything other than just having the countenance of God with me and having that confidence in him um, that I never really had before. And um, so, yeah, so uh, that's something that I um, that I take away from is that what God has for you, no one can take away from you. And also in Esther, she prepared um, a banquet, a feast for um, the king when it was to, to save the people of Israel. So I'll read this from Esther 5, 1 to 4. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robe and stood in the inner court of the king's palace in front of the king's quarters. While the king was sitting on his royal throne inside of the throne room opposite the entrance to the palace, and when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court, she won favor in his sight, and he held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hands. Then Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. And the king said to her, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you, even to the half of my kingdom. And Esther said, If it pleases the king, let the king and Haman come today to the feast that I have prepared for the king. Then the king said, Bring Haman quickly, so that we may do as Esther has asked. So the king and Haman came to the feast that Esther had prepared. There, Esther risked her whole life. She could have been killed at that moment for being so bold enough to go into the king's presence without being summoned. And what she had with her was just an invitation, an invitation to um, join her banquet. And it was an invitation that led to a victory. What's so significant about Esther's story is that um, due to her boldness and her courage and um, the fact that she continued forward despite of possibly losing her life, she did this to ultimately save her people. Her uncle Mordecai had told her, perhaps you were put into the kingdom for such a time as this. And just to tie everything that I've spoken about in this podcast so far it's really just to encourage anyone who listens that you might feel like you don't belong you might feel like you aren't good enough for a certain title or position or something that god has called you to um just any insecurities that may come but but god but God can do all things and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us and his grace is sufficient for us. Second uh, Corinthians twelve nineteen it says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. So in my case, I stutter. I say, um, and like so many times, I never thought I would be doing a podcast or even trying to do one or reading in public. I never, never would have expected to be doing this, but it's been placed on my heart and I'm going for it. And so if God places something in your heart that ultimately glorifies him, 
then go for it and just ask him for wisdom and guidance and seek guidance from from others as well as you go through it and if you're doing this all in love and in the right motives then you can only succeed for god not always in the world's standards but in in god's eyes i'm going to end with this verse in ephesians 1 18 and it's, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength. If you feel a tugging in your heart, a knocking in your heart that comes from God, listen to that knock, open that door invite Jesus in and pray for the Holy Spirit to just uh, move in your life. And I promise you that nothing in this world can satisfy you. Nothing in this world can be greater than the love, the unconditional love that he gives to you. And your life can only get better. And a lot of times, like I mentioned earlier before, is that we can have one foot in the world, one foot in God. But I encourage you to dive right in. Dive. Don't waste any more time. I've wasted a lot of time in my life. If I could have went back and done many, many things differently, the number one thing I would have done is to fall in love with God wholeheartedly from the beginning not look for any earthly things because through Christ all of those things are given to you and measurably more than you can ever imagine and for those who feel like you're lacking something in your life right now trust me you have all things through Christ and you can have the best of material things you can have everything that you can dream of but if you don't have God you're still searching because we all have a God-shaped hole in our hearts. There is a quote by Blaise Pascal, There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God, the Creator, made known through Jesus. And so we all have that God-shaped hole in our hearts, and we can try to fill it with our ambitions, with our own dreams. And we can have all of those things fulfilled, but there will always be something missing if you don't get to what really fits that hole, and that's really Jesus. I promise next time I'll have an interesting interview um, with someone else speaking, but hopefully this today has resonated with someone. And just knowing that if God is for you, no one can be against you. If God has a position for you, that can't be taken away. If God has um, a mission for you, he will provide for it. Where God guides, he provides. So yeah, I hope that this was encouraging. And I look forward to the next topics to come. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you and shine his face upon you. And be gracious to you. All in love. All for love. In Jesus' name. Laid my-